We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, brought to you by the good folks at WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Week one is one game away from being in the books. We always do the recap, though, on Monday mornings, and a lot of surprises, as there is every single week of the season, but uh, there's a lot of things I, I feel like I need to readjust in terms of my assumptions. Um, a lot of things kind of got right, so let's just jump right into that, Chris. Biggest disappointment for me ha- or it was the Packers. Not that I'm rooting for them, but I, I thought they'd win and win comfortably. I thought the Saints would be pretty bad. They were not. This was, it was completely the opposite. The Packers looked awful. Their offensive line couldn't protect Rodgers. Rodgers looked terrible. Uh, and, and the Saints were efficient. They weren't prolific offensively, but they were very efficient. Yeah, I actually, my disappointment was not betting on the Saints, making them one of my best bets and using them in the Super Contest because I kind of knew – the Saints were going to be good. Um, I, I saw something, maybe it was Dalton or someone who's had their offensive line, Pro Football Focus or ESPN or one of those sites had their offensive line as number one in the NFL. And I just, I just felt like Green Bay's soft, right? They're a finesse team. And if you have like the number one offensive line and a stout defensive line that's tough to run on, um, I thought it would be a game that, that, that the Saints would be able to control. And I didn't think it would be a blowout uh, win for the Saints, obviously. So I, I was a little disappointed. Like there were two, and I'm I actually you're going to be ahead in our bets because you took the Eagles money line. That was another one that I really liked, and I didn't make it a best bet though. We did use it in the Super Contest, and those were two. Like the other ones, I felt that we used they sounded good, but they were sort of the market priced all of it in. But those were two that people weren't really thinking. They they kind of thought that like, um, oh my mic's not working according to. Uh, Native Astro says, I can hear you fine, but I don't know if everybody else can. That's the weird part. But let me keep talking, Jeff. Just fill it All right. All right. So, yeah, I, I you're right. I'm on force the bet. I did take the Eagles, and that worked out pretty well. Uh, always nice to get off to a good start there. Um, I thought, I forgot, who did you take? How about now? Is that better? I, I think you sound good. Okay. All right. Well, no, I mean, I, I want the uh, listeners to be able to hear, but if this is really. Yeah. Okay. He says right. nope, so, but Okay. So, but that's not good. It, well, I guess it's okay as long as it, it can record on the actual podcast. But uh very strange it's not working all of a sudden. I'm going to try to turn up your well, volume. I'm, I'm plugged in, man. I'm plugged in. Um, yeah. I don't know what you can tr- edit your mic volume by the, you know, this is fun on uh, if you see your those little three dots. Yeah. Edit yeah, mic settings. Edit mic volume. See if that helps a little bit. Yeah, it's not doing anything. It's the right. It's the right mic. It's plugged in. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, all right. Hold on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so it, there were there were a couple of interesting money line bets. People who took the Browns might you know were pretty close to pulling that one off. Uh, Browns didn't embarrass themselves, that's for sure. But they uh, they did not pull it off in the end. Chiefs, you know, skated out at the end of that. So it could have been another underdog that won. Yeah. I, yeah, I think is the funny thing though, is I did horribly in picks. I got the forced bet. Correct. But you know, if, you know, when it comes to like, uh, I tried to, uh, I thought not, I had the football team was my uh, best bet. I was, I thought that the bills would roll. They were embarrassing. I thought Tennessee would cover. They were embarrassing. 
I was wrong about Saints Packers. I was wrong about a lot of things. Uh, you did have the Browns. That's right. Okay. So I had uh, a money line. I had a money line. There you go. And, uh, You're much better uh, now. Okay, good. Uh, I had a money line and it looked good for a bit, but I don't want to even say it was close because they got up nine with like 10 minutes left and the Chiefs scored in like two seconds. It was like at will. And then actually, so I was like, okay, fine. That's the Chiefs. I, that didn't really surprise me. But then I was like, all right, you know, the Browns have a great offensive line. Just beat the crap out of them and grind them down and win this game. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't move the ball in the second half really at all, especially in the fourth quarter. And I was just like, and Mayfield through that pick, he was kind of getting, I, I understand he didn't want to get sacked and he's trying to throw it away and he just didn't have the arm strength when the guy was grabbing his legs while he was trying to throw. But it's just, it was just a real fail by them. I mean, that was a big game on the road to win. It was against, you know, who you're going to probably see in the playoffs if you even make the playoffs. And you had to just, you had to have a good showing. You know, it's one thing if you get a, a cheap penalty against you or a, drop ball in the end zone or something, but they just did not do what they had to do. Chris Jones came in and stuffed the run. Um, they just, they just did not step up. Chubb had a bad fumble and it really kind of put, uh, really made me diminish, it diminished my view of the Browns. I was like, this team is not a serious contender. It wasn't just that they lost. It's that the chiefs kind of, it will flex their muscles and kind of just shoot them aside. Basically. I'm not really ready to d dismiss them as a contender yet, but and when there were so many other teams I could more readily dismiss, like I'm dismissing, I, I'm, I'm definitely dismissing the Packers. I'm definitely, maybe this was a one-off. They just had their worst day, but. You remember what Tampa did to them last year in the regular season? They took them apart. The, re the reason why right. I, I'll say the Packers are still a contender, even though their defense is soft, is that Rodgers, we, we know how good he is. We know, he, you know, he's the, they almost beat Tampa in the in the playoffs. Like, you know, there's that stupid uh, field goal that, you know, debatable field goal call right. um, by LaFleur. But, I mean, it was, you know, they were in that game. It was a tough game. They were, they were one of the four or five best teams last year, no doubt. But, like, Baker Mayfield, like, he's got to play, you know, in adverse conditions and do something. Now, I know they didn't have Beckham, but I don't know if Beckham's ever going to be himself. I, I'm, I was dubious before the season – I, I thought he was going to play week one. I even have him on the stake league. Um, and I had to sub in MVS because I had Jamal Williams on my bench. Mm -hmm. um, I was waiting on Beckham. I wish I just put in Jamal Williams. But so I don't know if he's ever going to be the, the same guy. I they just, you know, I liked Njoku. They were using him well. Landry made some plays. But it just, you've got to be able to go down the field. You know, the Bengals, your Bengals, they, they attacked with Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, they you've did. you got to be able to get those splash plays where, you can just throw a 50 yard bomb and make the defense worry about that. If everything's underneath, you got nothing. And the Browns, I, I need to see them take the top off. I need to see them, especially against a team like the Chiefs. It's great to be able to run and it can work, but it just showed like in this day and age, it's impossible to defend the Chiefs. The, the, the defense, it's almost impossible. The, the Bucs did it, but they got lucky in the Super Bowl that there were some drops and some, uh, you know, opportunities left on the field by the Chiefs. But you and that they're playing against an offensive line that was compromised at best. Yes. That also yes. They got that's tons a big of heat part on of Mahomes. that too. But even with the heat, Mahomes made some escapes and threw some good balls that the receivers want to hit like Miko Harmon, the helmet or, you know, so that's another takeaway. That guy just doesn't exist like every year. And I didn't, I only had drafted in one league this year, but I used to be like, Oh, I'm going to take Miko Hardman. He's the number. He could be the number two guy in the chiefs. I just don't think that guy's a player. I mean, maybe it's just week one, but they just never, design a lot of stuff for him ever and ceh you can put him in that boat too he got most of the share in the backfield they do not check down they do not throw to him except a couple design throws and i don't know i think that i think the ceiling should have been like 1.1 but it's pretty modest yeah and that that's a, that's a difficult uh thing there to, to digest and Challenge your assumptions. And you said this on Twitter. Nothing, you know, just throws throws our assumptions out of the loop quite like just seeing actual results in the field, seeing week one, seeing that you looked at like your your week one observations article and you talked about some of the things that you, you served to disabuse you of your some of your assumptions. Well, and let's hit a few of those. Uh, you know, starting with the Niners, the trade, you know, it, it's Trey Sermon being a healthy scratch. I, I I, I know there were reports, some reports suggesting that Sermon was struggling a little bit in practice, but no one was out there saying Sermon's going to be a stretch. You're not going to see him at all. I, if, there, if they were, I missed it, and I'm wrong, and I'm sorry that I missed it. But it, I did not see that at all. I was drafting him as a guy that's eventually going to take over as the starter, 
the fact that they viewed him behind Elijah Mitchell, behind Jermichael Hasty. I mean that that that's burning a that's burning a sixth round pick on to get him sixth or seventh round pick to get that guy. You mean they trade they traded up to get Sermon in the fourth, right? They 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 traded up to get him, um, and they took Mitchell third third to, eighty eight pick yeah, overall sorry, in the third. They traded up for him, and then they took Mitchell in the sixth. And so I do have some Mitchell in a couple of leagues. It was funny. I was escorting myself in the prime time for taking uh, uh, the kicker, the Bucks kicker suck up in the 18th because I wanted a good kicker. I want a good team kicker. Mm-hmm. And that cost me my guy, Kadarius Tony in the 19th. And I was pissed because I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have taken a kicker to lose a player I wanted. So I was like, all right, I'll take Elijah Mitchell in the 19th. So, of course, you way rather have Elijah Mitchell than Kadarius Tony right now. So you yeah. don't know. You think you made a mistake, but it actually helped me by taking the kicker. I got Mitchell. I also picked him up, at the, you know, right before the start of the games. Um, I didn't, you know, when, when Sermon was scratched, too. So, uh, you know, Mostert got hurt, which he just can't stay healthy. Um, and that's just everyone knows that. And so it's really important, you know, Sermon or Mitchell. I would still hold on to Sermon. But um, the reason I was I liked Mitchell was that he's fat. He's as fast as Mostert, or just about as fast. He's like a four three three guy, which is blazing for a running back. And you know, Shanahan likes these guys that can have a cut and then just go to the house. And McKinnon was fast. He was in he was in the Niners backfield last year, a couple years ago. And they, he just likes really fast running backs. And so, um, you know, if Mostert gets hurt, well, Sermon's like a four six. He's slow. So it really was a weird shift. To to uh, be like oh sermon's the guy but I I bought in you know um, I just blame it on Dalton Del Don who I listened to of course and I took I took him in a couple of leagues and I I, was, I tweeted about this I was like I really I own Dalton Del Don beat Chrysalis too when in the third I knew he was going to take ETN so I beat him to it a couple of picks ahead of him and then the fifth I knew he was desperate for a running back so I beat him to Sermon in the fifth so I probably set the min on both those guys and they're both totally worthless um, but again I would I would hold on to Sermon just because. Um, Hasty's nothing special, and I think that uh, that Sermon will get a chance at some point. But he likes those fast backs, and Mitchell's one of them. Yeah, well, you know when you when you design your draft strategy to own an opponent as opposed to just taking the best player, maybe that's no, that, no, that no. needs to be realized. Don't, don't tell people misinformation, Jeff. The most important <laughs> thing is to own your opponent and troll when you're drafting. Don't worry; it's always works out bad. <laughs> the thing is, I like those guys. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't like those guys. And I really wanted ETN. And I knew he's going to take him. But I guess what you do in that situation, if you really want ETN in middle of draft season and you got a mid third round pick and you know the guy's a, a sociopath like Dalton Dildon is going to take him, you just say, you know what, I'll let him overpay and I'll, in the next draft, I'll get him. You know, I'll push up a little bit. Um, I probably pushed it too far, but you know, easy to say now that he's out for the year. But the sermon thing is it was an unforced error because um, we, you know, we, he's a third round pick r- rookie. I've seen first round pick rookies not get work, I've seen second round pick rookies not get work. You see it all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the other one was, who's the Jets guy again? I can't remember his name anymore. Michael Carter. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, Michael Carter going in the sixth round. He's the Jets guy. Well, why? Well, he's, he's running with the ones a little bit. Okay. But has he been named the starter? No. Well, no one else is good there. Oh, I'm sure the coaches will just agree with us. I'm sure they'll right. make that fourth round Michael right. Carter and just make him. The They're seeing just- these guys every day. I own every snap, every play. And we're like reading reports uh, of like a snapshot and just using our assumptions. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, and and yeah, and so you know, week one starts, and you're like, oh, this is what they really think, you know. And of course, week one's not the end of the season, so you know, there's going to be more changes. And again, I wouldn't drop Sermon yet, but um, but it's like, yeah, you just you you're like, holy crap, this is not what I thought it was. And sometimes it is what you think it is. Like Jonathan Taylor, he led the team in receiving yards, and he got he was in there on third down. They actually designed a, a pass to him near the goal line. He got tackled on the two. Uh, he obviously led them in rushing. Naeem Hines had like, you know, good use too. He had like a bunch of catches and, you know, nine carries, but like that was it. No one else got carries. And in a game flow where the Colts were behind all game, Jonathan Taylor got enough uh, usage in the way that you need. And I was like, good. That's what I thought. That's what I had hoped. But sometimes it's like Sermon or Brandon Ayuk was just, you know, barely used. Um, it's weird. Shanahan said that Ayuk was partly because he'd come back from an injury. and Right. I'm not worried about Ayuk. No, yet. no. I wouldn't be too worried either. Yeah. Uh, suppose that Mostert news comes back on him. He's going to miss six weeks or some some other significant period of time. How much of uh, your budget are you going to be bidding on Elijah Mitchell? I would say like 
40, 35, 40, something like that. Um, I know I might not get him, but you know, I, I, I feel like I'm not worried about Mostert. I just don't think he can hold up. So I think they're going to need somebody else to get a lot of the carries anyway. But I think in that backfield, it's kind of like Belichick's old backfields where one fumble, one mistake, one guy getting hot for a minute um, could change things. So I'd go pretty big because the upside's big, but I wouldn't go massive, huge because you might get something worthless. 19 carries for Elijah Mitchell, just one for Jamichael Hasty. So, uh, although it was a touchdown, but uh, so there is that. But, uh, you know, it, it's pretty clear that, you know, it, it is going to be Mitchell first if they're if they continue. But Sermon will come back, um, and he will be part of this picture. Don't drop Sermon. I'm with you yeah. on that too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that, the guild says who, who this guy. And by the way, uh, he's a great player. He, I have him. He, he's winning my uh, main event league. He says that's why you draft Mitchell everywhere. Yeah, that's right. If you get if you have the the twenty man spots, it's awesome. I have him in in that. The faint thing is he was available in the 20th round, too. That was the crazy thing right. everywhere. So uh, but it's because there were four backs for us to speculate well, on. I'll tell you something else. Like Marcus Callaway, he went in the fourth round in your league. He went in the seventh in mine. Yeah. And Dalton was giving me crap because I had him like 60th. You know, like right. I finally moved him up to like the 40s because I was like, okay, the market. I'm so out of step with the market here. I, You know, I got to move him. Even though no one would get him, I was like, I got to like capitulate a little bit. Um, and I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this guy's good. And look, it's one game. He might still be good. But then Traquan Smith is out in IR, and I'm like, uh-oh, maybe I screwed up. Um, so I started doubting um, that, you know, myself of being like, because this guy had a good preseason game. He was an undrafted guy. He was basically like, got very few targets last year. And everyone's like drafting him like he's, you know, Devonta Smith, the 10th overall pick. He was going in the same round, sometimes ahead of him. Or Michael Pittman, the second round pick, who's in the second year, they're going in the same place. And I was like, well, Traquan Smith could be just as good. Like, why are, why are we believing this? Then Traquan goes on IR. I'm like, uh oh, maybe I right. screwed up. But I, I think the truth is that, uh, that that is, you know, in, there's no way, there's no way they can, some, and especially with the receivers, there's no way they can say he's our guy. You know, it's not even like the running back where like there's actually a guy on top. The receivers, it's all about target share. And you really just can't know till the game starts. Yep. That's true. That's true. Um, and also game flow matters here too with the case of Callaway. I mean, the Saints were winning the whole time here. Uh, they, you know, Winston only threw the ball 20 times. Yeah, so it, it didn't, they weren't really asking a whole lot. But uh, everyone else caught these long touchdowns. You know, yep. it's, like it's uh, you'd think if you were open, he would have got a, a shot. But yeah, of course, let's, you know, do not drop Marquez Callaway either. I mean, it's one game. Right. A lot of these receivers, we got to be patient on here. But I think I think what we did learn is that he's like, we don't know what's going to happen with Callaway. I don't, I can't, I don't think we could say he's a bust. Right. But I think we can say that you know he got two targets. That he's not clearly the go-to guy. And I think the reason you dropped in the seventh round, you're like, well, I don't know if it'll hold up, but he's clearly the go-to guy. And I think yep. that that assumption is gone. It's he could in the future become the go-to guy at some point before Michael Thomas returns, but he does not have that anymore. And that if, if we were to redraft again, that guy's going in like the 11th round or 12th round. Probably. I think that's a good decision. If there's one thing we appreciate here, it's making good decisions at RotoWire, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast, WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly experience, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots. That's what Chris does every time he's in Vegas. Or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff and Chris here. We are recapping week one. We made it through a whole segment, Chris, without talking about your Giants. Yeah, let's just keep going with that. I don't. I don't need. It was really. It was so. You know, what was so disappointing about that was not that anything 
different happened that it was exactly what it's been like the last two years. Like, yep. it would have been like, like it wasn't, it wasn't even like, oh, they're worse. It was like, they're exactly the same. They're exactly the same team. It was the defense is okay. They gave up some tough fourth down conversions that they, they, there are a couple drives just for like fourth. They made it on fourth down. It was like really frustrating. But then they actually got lucky because KJ Hamler dropped the easy touchdown, a long touchdown. Um, but, and then they got a fumble that Logan Ryan recovered. The, and then, you know, Judy gets hurt, which is going to cost me a win. This cost him probably six weeks, but they're saying high I mean, ankle sprain with that, by the yeah, way. So six, we'll see six weeks. Yeah. I and mean, look bad. I mean, it might be more, but anyway, um, cause you know, Michael Thomas basically lost his whole season to that, even though he was back for a little bit. So, uh, it was just a, a bad game. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is just good enough. Like he just scrambled enough. He, he's not a great mm-hmm. runner, but he got out of this, the pass rush. He completed some throws. Um, they just were letting these guys cross run crossing routes and catch these short balls over the middle all day. And then the offense, like the line is pretty bad. Danny Dimes made some throws, but he made some bad throws. And a lot of throws that toward the end were just like behind people. They were just like not good throws. Saquon looked healthy. He got his 10 carries and a couple of targets, but you know, he just never really had any room and he needs like a lot of carries because he needs to get stuffed 10 times with that line and then bust a 70 yarder. It's kind of how it works with him. Um, Galladay looked healthy. I thought that was good. Um, Shepard looked pretty sharp. He was, he was making some catches. He caught the touchdown and dimes looks quick and, and, um, and fast. That fumble was a fumble. killer though. It, it was such a stupid fumble too, because he, he'd already kind of gotten to where he needed to go. And it, it's like, so his problem was pocket awareness, right? Like just hold, yep. don't hold it too long. Get rid of it. He didn't get, you know, destroyed. He got sacked a couple of times by Von Miller, but I think that was it. And he didn't fumble it from a sack, but that was just a stupid fumble because it was unnecessary. Like when you're getting strip sacked, it's, it's kind of hard when you're looking down the field and that's pocket awareness. This was just sort of like bad ball security as he was already going to the ground. It wasn't like he was trying to like gain extra yards. So it was just a bad game. You know, it just, and, and then Joe judge, I mean, I don't really care. He threw the challenge flag within two minutes. This is an error, but I don't think that guy split in the atom either. Um, I, I'm not, I'm pretty bearish. And again, I, if my team played like crap, I can just like move on to the next week. It's just that like, it was such a continuation of all the things they did wrong the last two years that it was pretty dis- disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there was a lot of similarities. It was, it seemed like the same old giants, you know, they, I mean, Shepard looked good. That was a good thing. Uh, I just, you know, Barkley did not get on track. He didn't have, you know, just didn't get that chance. Um, There'll be better days, probably. Denver's a pretty good defense. I think that's also one of the takeaways I'd say, say from this. Too. They're a very good defense, and they were overmatched, and it wasn't a good like first defense to face. But right. and Sa- Saquon looked healthy. I mean, he looked fine, so he's going to be good. Um, but the offensive line is just—I don't know why. What is the problem? You know, they used the fourth pick on Andrew Thomas. They used the second round pick on Will Hernandez. You know, they they invested in the offensive line. And they just cannot get it together. Like they, they should have probably drafted. I mean, Tony maybe end up being a good player. He didn't do much, barely had a role, but they, they should have just drafted best available lineman or something. Cause that's really, you know, or just kept the, the Justin Fields pick and just been like, all right, you know, Danny Dimes, you're not the answer. I still think Danny Dimes could be okay. I just want to see him behind a decent offensive line for once and, and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's an answer. It's just not, you just don't have the question. Right. But yeah. you know, I, I don't know. He, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was frustrating if you're a giants fan for sure. Bengals fan. I, I, I was going right in the roller coaster. I thought they were, you know, they looked really kind of rough for a while, but then they, they caught fire in the second quarter. You know, you know, Andy, you know they, they, you know, we, Burrow looked good throwing a deep ball. They unlocked uh, Jamar chase. Gotta love that. Uh, Joe Mixon actually looked pretty good. The pass rush was starting to get to him later in that game. Second half, they kind of went into a shell. But then in overtime, I mean, they they got the break on the fumble call. That probably shouldn't if it if that was not originally ruled a fumble by Dalvin Cook, they they then they go to review on that. They don't overturn it. You know, it, it's one of those where it was inconclusive on the overturn. Either way, so what the original call was what really mattered, and they call, originally called it a fumble. So the rare Dalvin Cook fumble, and that was massive because. The Vikings were driving. They were going to win that game. The Bengals I was were sure when it went to overtime, the Vikings were going to win. I was like, the Bengals, they couldn't put it away. They let them back in. It, they're going to lose. It's so Bengals to do that. And I was pissed because I took the yep. Bengals plus three. And I was like, I'm going to get a push on this. I'll probably, I'll probably score a touchdown. I'll get a loss. 
And uh, I was happy to see them win, Jeff. I was actually hoping for a tie because <laughs> I still would have covered. And I, I don't, you know. And that would be so Bengals. Yep, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, you know, good for them. They covered the spread. Two, That's the most important Two thing. different fourth down plays were huge in that game. The first one was idiotic. As someone who cries all the time when teams punt, they needed to punt. It was on their own 30, fourth and one. Mixon slipped. He might have been – if he hadn't slipped, he might have been able to connect and get the – you know, get that first down. Regardless, it was it was bad situation, and you're up 21-7 at the time. It gave the Vikings life. Then they connected on their own fourth down to get that touchdown. That was huge. Thielen had, Thielen had both of them there. That was pretty massive for him, big game for him. But it just – it swung everything. You know, the Bengals were cruising before that. Cousins wasn't sustaining long drives. And then it just kind of changed the nature nature of the game. It got a little frantic at the end too. And you know, two minute drill is completely different. You don't the pass rushers get worn out. They don't get any pressure on Cousins. He's able to move the team quickly to get him in a field goal position. Like ah, here we go again. But then in overtime, the Bengals after that fumble, they had their own fourth down play from midfield. That was the ballsiest call I've seen in a long time. Did the instead of running it right into the pile, looked like it was going to do again. Did that really good uh, play action? Set the you know go, went to the tight end. No one thought to cover him. Big twenty yard play. You know uh, a lot. I think I think the Vikings were thinking they were trying to get drawn offside. I didn't think the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals were going to run a play. Yeah, they, were like, they thought that uh, Zach Taylor was a nutless monkey and wasn't going to do it. it didn't right. Believe. It's like you know right. a, a poker. You know you just think some guy is going to fold or something, and he he doesn't. You know <laughs> it's right. It's a problem. You think you could bluff somebody. The uh, yeah, that was a big win. I thought, you know, Jamar Chase, I, I expected Chase, I expected the preseason to be noise. And I, he was one of my FOMO guys late. I was like, I didn't get any Chase. Mm-hmm. His price didn't drop that much because of the preseason, a little bit maybe, maybe half a round. But they, no, most of the sharp NFFC guys were still taking him sixth, seventh round. They weren't, you know, he wasn't slipping beyond that. Um, but I, I kind of felt like this guy's like considered one of the best receiving prospects in the last several years. Um, he's with his old quarterback. There's just no way um, that preseason is going to be determinative of how well he does. Um, and he, I mean, and, but one thing also, I almost drafted Boyd in the seventh in my uh, prime time, uh, which is going to lose, by the way, but uh, mostly because of Herbert and a couple other things. But I, I almost drafted him and I thought, you know what? We, we think Boyd of, of Boyd is this like 85 catch, like solid floor guy. But I'm like, is that going to be the case with two other guys in the same receiving core that are way more dynamic than him? Well, I want to see what happens once like defenses shift over to chase a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm sure they weren't giving like they weren't prioritizing their coverage schemes for him. You know, they're, you know, I, I think they realize who he is and all that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I don't think that they necessarily were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're going to focus on him and shut him down. But, uh, I think as that, you know, as, you know, like for instance, the two minute drill, the long play, I mean, it was one-on-one coverage there and hell, hell of a job by uh hell of a job by Burrow, you know, connecting on a deep throw. It, it took him like seven weeks to connect on one more than 20 yards last year. I mean, it was ridiculous how bad it was over 20 yards. I, I'm exaggerating just by a little bit. It took him forever to have connect on deep balls. And it's amazing when you've got a guy like chasing and get separation more so than AJ green. Yeah, I mean it's night and day, and and then also right like and like Higgins is a problem too. You know he's really big. He's gonna he's gonna beat guys one on one too. So you can't double everybody, and also it's hard to double guys down the field. Yeah, right? and it's easier to double them when they're you know running short and intermediate routes. But if if they get bond the defense, hey, you can send a safety there. But now that safety is totally out of the play if the ball doesn't go there. So right. Um, yeah, I I think that I don't know Boyd may get his eighty five, but in, if someone gets hurt or whatever, but. I feel like, you know, it's they've got two guys that are like, you know, Higgins looks like a real player and a playmaker. And then if Chase is a generational guy, I mean, it, it, you know, Boyd is fine if like there's nothing there, but right. it just seems like he's not going to be like as heavily featured. That's right. Uh, quick note from our friends at Fantasy Stand. Playing fantasy sports is so much fun. But once you dive deeper fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros like Chris List may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, baby sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. 
For Pick'em, you simply pick one player from each tier they are presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results to see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand out from the rest. Come out as the high scorer. Get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit FancyStand.com to sign up today. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks to Fantasy Stand and thanks to our Blue Wire sponsors uh, for your uh, sponsorship and ability to carry a podcast on this network. Uh, talking with Chrysalis, we are recapping week one. A few other things to kind of to discuss here before uh, before we sign out today. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's we could go on for three hours and just break everything down, but yeah. I don't want to do that. No one really wants us to do that. But anyways, a um, couple other things I wanted to discuss a little bit there. I was really impressed with Philly, both offensively and defensively. Uh, I think you 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 kind of were all over Jalen Hurts, even if you didn't get him in a ton of leagues. You were always talking him up, always suggesting he's that guy that has the potential to break out. Uh, he looked good. The the Philly running game looked good, and the defense looked really good. Yeah, I, I mean Miles Sanders. I have him in more leagues than I intended. It wasn't a guy I was targeting, but he just kept falling, and I kept thinking in the fourth round or fifth round, late fifth in in the prime time, like. This guy was going in the first round last year, and mm-hmm. the whole offense collapsed. People don't realize. People are like, oh, he had a bad year. He fumbled a bunch. He dropped some passes. Okay. But look at what happened. They had the quarterback at the time that he was benched that led the league in turnovers and in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks taken. You cannot sustain drives. You cannot feed a running back under those, under those conditions. And yeah. then the last couple of games, Hurts comes in and Sanders does well. And remember, he was, the, he was the first round pick last year. So it just seemed like that was an easy one. He looked really good. He caught a few passes. The problem is Gainwell, who actually is his backup, not Boston Scott, which is one of those things that could have gone the other way. You know, preseason, right. you assume it's Gainwell. He's being drafted that way, but it ends up being Boston Scott. It was Gainwell, and he looked really good. So I have a bunch of those guys and both of those guys, uh, and I think this is going to be a real offense. The offensive line is healthy. Rieger and Devonta Smith caught touchdowns. Goddard caught a touchdown. Um, 
you know, Ertz didn't do as much. I kind of liked Ertz as a sleeper, but so far not much. Uh, but this offense is good. And the defense, as you said, look good. Now Atlanta's not a great team. But yeah, I think, you know, I'd take them over the Cowboys to win the NFC East. I mean, I think the, the football team has a good defense and we could talk about how that game went down. But I think the Eagles could be the favorite in the NFC East right now. Yeah. Andy McGill asks, is Philly's D that good or is Dave Rangone just the Matt Nagy of talent utilization? You know, I was disappointed with the number of targets Ridley and Pitts got, but I kind of think some of this is on Matt Ryan too. It's not just the offensive coordinator and the play calling. I, I I wonder if there's a big decline phase here for Matt Ryan. Sometimes these guys turn and they turn to dust pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, that's the thing, right? We're used to, you know, we're looking at Brady at 44 and Drew Brees was 41 last year. And, but Peyton was done at 39 or whatever, you know, and it wasn't just the neck thing. I mean, he, he was fine with the neck thing the first year. I wasn't, I don't know if I wouldn't say fine, but you know, he was okay. Yeah. And then he just couldn't do it anymore. Um, Ryan's 36. It's not that old, but you know, not, not everybody is the all time hall of fame greats that can eight, you know, that sometimes, you know, it's, you see this in baseball that 32 or 33 is when they're done or 35 is when they're done, you know, and it's not everybody plays like Ted Williams to their 41 or something. And it's still good. So I don't know. And I said, you know, Kyle Pitts, everyone said, Oh, you know, where's the generational guy there? He got eight targets. Ridley got eight targets. Neither of them did anything, but I think if Matt Ryan is not done, those guys will be fine. If Matt Ryan is done, uh-oh, we got a problem. But I would, I would still, uh, I mean, I moved him down slightly, but I wouldn't be too panicked about either one of those guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if I'm holding on to Ryan in a couple of places where I have him, but like, for instance, I have him in the, uh, in the classic but I also have him backed up with Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I should, he's the, the backup around. to Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Yes, 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 yes. Lawrence, no, I, I mean, gonna... Lawrence had his typical struggles, by the way, rookie struggles, all the rookie quarterbacks lost yesterday. Uh, yeah, Lawrence put up big numbers mm -hmm. and I think he's, I think this is just going to, going to do it. I mean, the, the athleticism, arm strength, everything's there. He looks good. He made some bad decisions, but like DJ Chark's going to catch long touchdowns. Chenault to me, he just seems like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about him. I didn't draft him, but like, it just seems like he's a short pass catcher. Like he's like a poor man's Debo Samuel, like a slightly slower Debo Samuel. Maybe he's a little bigger, but that there's not like that vertical game with him. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Marvin Jones caught some passes. I think that they're going to be in shootouts. Uh, if they couldn't uh, stop the Texans, I don't think their defense is really going to hold the line very much. So they're going to be in shootouts and God, you got to love Jonathan Taylor because not only did he get a lot of work, but against like the Texans, Titans, and Jaguars twice each. Oh, man. That, yeah. that schedule is so good. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, the Jaguars were horrible. Uh, you know, they, they were really awful. Urban Meyer, God, why? why you know, you have – I mean, they were playing from behind, so there weren't that many runs to begin with, but – he was splitting time with Carlos Hyde. Just gross. Just stop. Apparently Robinson ran a lot of routes and was on the field more so that um, people I was reading were saying, maybe it was Jerry Donabedian said, don't panic on Robinson. The okay. use of stats were all right. But I do, you know, I think we do focus and it's usually right. These usage stats. I was looking at some of them like CEH got like a huge percentage of the snaps, but like, I just don't think they're going to check down. So he's going to have design plays to him. Otherwise, he's not going to catch a lot of passes. And if he doesn't catch a lot of passes, um, what, you know, I just don't think he's that great or that he's going to score that many touchdowns. Like, you know, I think they throw the ball a ton, you know, and, and if he's not a huge part of that, it's just hard to see the ceiling for him. So usage is nice, but it's got to be, you know, you know, good usage, not just snap count, but like in right. the passing game. By contrast, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, I thought, okay, this is something I didn't realize. I thought, okay, McCaffrey was hurt all last year. He's like 5'10", 5'11", 205. He's very slight. Hurt all last year. Signed to a big contract. And I'm like, all right, they draft uh, Chuba Hubbard. And I'm like, they're going to go easier on McCaffrey. They're going to give him 220 carries or something like that. McCaffrey gets every single running back carry, right? 21 carries. One for DJ Moore, five for the quarterback. Right. And Catch, leads the team in receiving with, with nine targets, catches all nine of them for 89 yards. They are not going easy on McCaffrey. McCaffrey, as long as he holds up, 
is 1.1 with the bullet still. And the, the idiocy that I did to get the ninth pick, even though I ended up getting the first choice, where I got Zeke and Najee Harris, and I felt good about that. Um, I was at least able to bench Zeke for uh, Kenneth Gainwell after his game Thursday night. Um, <laughs> so I got a few extra That's points. That's crazy. But I mean, yeah. you know, Zeke got five points. So I'm like, I'll take my chances on Gainwell. Um, but uh, yeah, that, you know, but Najee Harris got every carry also. He got all 16 carries. He was on the field the whole time. Uh, and I do think Pittsburgh, I don't know. I don't know how if their running game is just really that bad or Buffalo stout. But um, we, we can't just look at these usage patterns in a vacuum. We really have to um, look at it and say, well, yeah, Najee Harris did not get targets. Um, the Steelers couldn't run at all. They couldn't run last year. And yeah, it's great he was on the field. Mike Tomlin was doing the Mike Tomlin thing, but I'm still a little nervous about my Najee Harris shares. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm nervous for you. I don't have any of them, but uh, uh, you know, that's weird. Najee Davenport you know, level. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Something, something closet. Uh, but anyways, uh, let's take one more commercial note here from our friends at Vivid Seats. Preseason football has wrapped up and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. We were talking about that Bills-Steelers uh, game. Uh, Bills, a pretty big disappointment there, too. And they, they started with a big surprise, you know, the healthy scratch of Zach Moss. I was like, I thought Moss was probably, you know, there was all this talk. Moss is ahead of Singletary. Singletary might get cut. I saw that on my timeline at, at the beginning of training camp. He was a healthy scratch. Singletary got like 79% snap share. Now, again, it's a Bills running back, so there's a limited upside still there. So it's kind of funny. It, the answer is you really don't want any of them there because you don't want to have to start them. I have Singletary in a couple places, and I was perfectly content to start him in my 14-team uh very deep roster league and he got me like 70 yards or something yeah the, i guess problem, that's fine they don't catch a lot of passes he, although singletary caught 38 last year so it wasn't a total zero and he's not going to catch like 50 but he might catch well if, if he were the only guy he would um and he's not going to get a lot of touchdown because josh allen runs in so many touchdowns and they throw so much but i mean you know we're not all uh you know, in the, in the eight team leagues that you play in, Jeff, sometimes we need to uh, go a little deeper and start the Bills running back. Dude, I'm in a 16 teamer. I don't want to even hear it. 16 teamer, and I lost Gus Edwards. I was like, ah. Uh, Did you draft the, him at the, at the new cost or the old? Cost? The new cost, yeah. Oh, well, it, it, was, it, was, it was actually setting the cost. I mean, it was one of those, like, the, it happened, you know, it was the day after Dobbins' injury, and it was a slow right. draft. And we're just like, right. okay. I think and it was like, and 16 teamer, and so it's fourth round and a 16 teamer. It's like in a 12 rounder, it's a fifth round. You know, okay, fine. And that was my second running back. That's the thing. It's like, and then you had to wait a really long time to get the next one there. And then you have to make these tough decisions. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I have some problems. I, I was, I lost all my NFFC matches. I, I'm winning most of all my other ones, but like those are mm -hmm. the lower stakes one. I, I might go five and four. And if you count the keeper, like six and four. But the four yeah. that I lost are really the ones that hurt. And they were more, you know, it's like you, the, the first two weeks, you got to get above half, right? So I think I'm like going to be eighth in those. I don't know. I got to see because there's a lot of guys who still have Monday night players. But so like, the online classic, it's, you know, it's half and half. And I'm just sitting on the edge in one of them there. I'm fifth right now, but I'm done. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's best ball. Get... No, it's not. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, it's not best ball. So then you're like, oh, how did, how, why did I make this decision? Why did I do that decision? Like, Ooh, I started, I didn't start Mike Williams. I started Michael Pittman, who I drafted after him. Oh, because of the windfall factor there. Uh, oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. I, I, uh, I, I subbed in Elijah Moore, uh, at the last minute for somebody in the, in the prime time, uh, somebody that I can't, what did I, I can't remember who it was. And, uh, that really hurt, man. You know, and then also I had Herbert starting who had like 20 points and on my bench was Trevor Lawrence with like 38 or something. So, mm -hmm. but you know, I wasn't going to, I, I mean, I could have started him in the Texans, but I wasn't going to play first start ever over, you know, the quarterback I had ranked fourth overall. So I just right. did it. Who did I start? Who did I put in Elijah Moore for? Oh, was, uh, no, that's not the one. I'm looking at Trey Sermon, but that's a different league. 
I gotta look at this because this. Well, I did Elijah like, Moore over Michael Gallup in a couple of leagues, and that. Well, that's a little bit, but I, I did Elijah Moore over. I did him over Elijah Mitchell. Uh, there was no one to risk. Well, Jalen Rieger. Oh, Mike Evans. That's what happened. Is Mike Evans had his? That wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Mike Evans had his dud game on Thursday night, and so I just subbed in Elijah Moore for him because you know you're going to take a random guy rather than five points. So that's what it was. Yeah. How about in, uh, with Cleveland too? I was like Donovan Peoples-Jones. We could use him now that we've got now that OBJ is not playing. No, right. it's Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz, the rookie out of Auburn. That's who you really wanted to have. It's like, yeah. It, it really is amusing to me to see the, you know, just, oh, okay. You assumed this, you thought it was one way, but it's the other. Definitely yeah. a lot of that going on. Yeah, I'm going to lose despite having Gronk go for 29. So that's, that's tough, but it is what it is. One week. I, I you know, you can't really, if you want to win the, uh, one of these, you know, leagues, you got to go like, you know, nine and four, you know, if you, you can't go seven. I mean, you can't lose that many games. You have like right. four. It's almost like it's not quite college football. But you just really can't lose. So you lose one, it's pretty bad. Like, because, you know, you always, the teams are always like nine and two, you know, through 11 weeks that are in first place. It's not like, right. But sometimes you have a very condensed league where everybody has the same record because they're, it's, it's well balanced. But yeah. So I got to, you know, got to figure it out. But I kind of like the team. The team did okay. It was just, you know, a couple of guys didn't do very well. Yeah. One other uh, game we haven't really talked a whole lot about yet was Arizona and Tennessee. I was aggressively wrong with this one, too. I thought Tennessee would win. I thought they'd cover. Um, I thought, you know, at worst, this is a matchup of even teams, but Arizona dominated this game. Chandler Jones was running rough shots through that offensive line. They did not protect Tannehill at all. Uh, just an awful game for Tannehill. An awful, you know, he got a rushing TD and a passing TD, so it's going to look at end up looking okay. Even the kicker was terrible for uh, Tennessee. I mean, they got badly because I think they their other kicker got hurt. Uh, so they brought in Badgley at the last second. He lost, you know, he lost uh, a lot of playing time, you know, lost the uh, job in San Diego or not San Diego with the Chargers, you know, and he, there's, he showed like why 15. he lost that job. He's like on his uh, fifth team. He's yeah. one of those just like merry-go-round kickers that, you know, gets mm-hmm. uh, signed when somebody gets hurt or is terrible. Um, yeah, they got destroyed and it was, I mean, their, you know, their defense, you really want to face their defense because the Cardinals were yeah. just having fun. Uh, and the FOMO I had on Murray was, you know, I was feeling that him and, and Chase, there were a few guys that I was like, I wish I'd gotten them. Yeah. And I didn't. And I was like, man, it's, it's really uh, painful to watch. The one guy, Hopkins, who I got in three leagues, I thought I got him in two, but I had misundercounted. Um, I realized like I took him in the second round over Ridley and I took him over uh, AJ Brown the, in the first two times. And, you know, I, I, like Dalton was mocking me, like, how are you taking this old guy? You know, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. Hopkins walks out of bed and gets 110 catches. But yeah, the game start, you realize the guy's like Hopkins one week. But like, I just like appreciate that guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Right. Yeah. The guy that I used to not draft because he wasn't very fast and just average size, but just catches absolutely anything in his vicinity and always gets his feet in bounds in the end zone uh, or wherever. Uh, that was kind of fun. So, you know, no one's drafting Christian Kirk, although Rondell Moore had a, a good game, too. But um, that they're not going to face Tennessee every week, so I don't think we want to get that excited. And right. Murray did not run very much. He scored a touchdown, but he, he only had 20 yards. But they just they just made it look easy. There's a couple of interesting contrasts in divisions. The AFC South looked terrible. Houston, I mean, Houston won. The team that we thought might go winless, you know, thought we were you know, it was punting. Well, they they they're the only team in that division that won. Uh, Colts got beat pretty comfortably. Uh, and of course, you know, we saw what happened with Tennessee. They got smoked. Uh, the NFC West looks stacked Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, and the Niners all rolled. All good. Teams, although, yeah. although the Niners made it more interesting than it should have been, but it really wasn't. It took no. a couple, it took onside kicks to make it look it, more it interesting. 41 to 17. Yeah. With one, they scored with 153 at 41 17. At two minutes, at the two minute warning, it was a 24 point margin. Right. And the Lions had the ball in like at the 30 yard line with like, you know, 35 seconds left to tie the game. Basically, it just the most it, they should have kicked the field goal because they would have covered. Right. And it we all would have been happy. It, it yeah. would have been the greatest backdoor. Just to, I mean, you have a very small chance of actually tying because you still got to win in overtime. Even if you make the two. Yeah. But the field goal was a given. And why wouldn't you want to have the greatest cover in history? Just give up the game. Just give up the remote chance of winning get the greatest cover in history. It's just like overusing your pitcher for a perfect game. You know, it's like, okay, it may not be in our optimal best interest, but we'll get the perfect game. It's worth it. 
just kick the field goal. You're the Lions. Get the well, greatest. Late in the week, the line moved to uh, some people got like up to nine points on that. And so they got that cover. You and I, we got screwed because we had to do it earlier for staff picks. Yeah. And it was at seven and a half. We didn't get screwed. We should have taken the Niners, is what we should have done. Yeah, it was the right side for most of the game. You're right about that. So, yeah, there is that too. Um, and then the NFC North looked terrible. The Vikings, at least, they went to overtime on the road. And they had a nice little comeback. The Vikings looked amazing. They almost beat the Bengals. What a crowd! I know, huge, huge. But uh, they were the the Packers. They were the best. Yeah, yeah. Packers got murder, death, killed. Uh, You know, the Bears got smoked in L.A. Uh, You know, they got it to within like seven at one point, but then the Rams took care of business again there. Uh, And then the Lions. I mean, again, they had to have the miracle almost cover. And that's that's not exactly great either. There, and they look so exploitable too. You know, their their defense is awful. Again, Okuda got hurt in that one, too. He was getting crushed before that, but I guarantee you his replacement's not better than him. Uh, yeah. But uh, So we'll see about that. But uh, anyways, uh, any other parting thoughts before we sign off? Uh, biggest takeaway is the Eagles, I think, um, and and that their offense is, looks pretty good. I know it was an easy matchup, but I think that's mm-hmm. going to be uh, a team that's going to people are going to invest in. And... Uh, and the Texans were like actually a real team. I, I mean, it was like people thought they were going 0 and 17, and some people use the Jaguars and Survivor, and they, you know, they just traded away. They deserve to lose on that. They, yeah, but they just trade. They trade away their cornerback. Uh, <clears throat> you know, their best corners. Like they're giving up. Everyone thinks, and then they blow have a blowout win for in week one. So I thought those were the two big stories. Yep, exactly right. All right. That's going to uh, conclude today's podcast. I want to thank uh, WinBet. I want to thank you guys for chiming in on uh, the comments there. Appreciate it. Um, we will be back at you again tomorrow with Jake and Joe. We have a lot of uh, waiver wire suggestions for you. Um, I'll be back with a guest to be named later for uh, Wednesday's podcast, and we'll be on every single day this week. Thanks for listening. Good luck for on Monday night. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.